In last week's episode on storytelling, we learned from Donald Davis that there are identity cultures and fortune cultures. We have a heart to see the good parts of our Southern identity go on to future generations. But how do we do that? Join us at the table as we discuss how to carry on that culture. I'm Lainey. And I'm Laura Beth. And we are Steel Magnolias. The strength of steel with the grace of a magnolia. We are here to have uplifting conversations about life in the South. And we've got plenty of room at our table. So pull up a chair. Welcome back to The Table, the Steel Magnolias podcast, here with my sis, Lainey. And before we jump in, I haven't asked in a long, long, long time, but it still holds importance. If you are enjoying this podcast, would you pause just for a second and give us a rating and review in the app that you listen in? Just like five stars, I love this podcast, whatever, just... One one little nugget is all it takes for somebody to have enough to go, oh, yeah, people like this. I should like this. <laughs> anyway, the last review we got is from June, and it's almost October, so we need we some need fresh. We need fresh ones. Yeah, we need fresh perspective. It's shared. how people find us. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. And so, yeah, if you would do that, that lets people know, should they hit play or not? We think yes, but we need y'all to say yes, too. So, okay, this topic is the heartbeat of this podcast. And I I don't know, remember back four years ago when we first started talking about a podcast? Oh, I'm, look, do I? I'm looking at you like as if you don't. Well, of course you do. So I thought I would just name real quick some of those reasons, just even before oh, we jump into how we're going to answer this question, which neither of us have talked about our notes. We've talked about nothing. I hope as to how you answered this question and how I answered it. So it's going to be very interesting. But some of the reasons we initially started this podcast four years ago were, number one, we had an influx of new people in our town and in our state that were not familiar with some of the customs and the culture here. So they weren't foreigners to the from other countries but they were from other parts of the united states where culture really was quite different from here and they were scratching their head or they were taken aback or whatever there just was some gap there and so we thought well let's do a podcast we love talking about this kind of stuff like yeah and we love this format we listen to podcasts so we thought well we could actually do one yes and so that was another reason we saw podcasts as like a growing medium so we thought this was the right way to communicate that um so those are the those are two reasons the third reason would be we couldn't find another podcast at that time that was talking about southern culture regularly that had the history food travel college football You know, had the very well-rounded, or we hope it's well-rounded, looks at culture. You know, there's some really good food podcasts out there. There's some really good travel podcasts out there. There's some really good um, things you should have learned in history class sort of podcasts out there. But we really did want to focus on the southern United States. And so we were having a hard time finding that. Regional kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then finally, I was ready to start something new. I was a year into being a new mom, and I was kind of ready to work on a project. And so, anyway. All of those things led to Steel Magnolias Podcast. Exactly. Now, as we said in the intro, this is a great episode to do on the heels of last week's Storytelling Culture episode. If you haven't listened to that interview we did with storyteller Donald Davis, definitely go back and check that out. He had a what we call a mic drop moment. <laughs> the first question two we ask him. <laughs> two minutes into the episode where he spoke about storytelling cultures being prevalent in identity cultures. And he lives in North Carolina where storytelling culture is prevalent. So therefore it must have a strong identity culture. You know, it's answering those questions of who are you? Where'd you come from? Who'd you come from? And I've thought a lot about that conversation. Girl, I have to. I've listened to conversations differently. Ones I'm a part of and ones I'm not a part of, right? <laughs> I, I even shifted one where I was just at the park with some moms and we were fortune culture. Like it was all about the housing market and just, you know, fortune sorts yeah. of topics yeah. and, and I, you're like how can i steer this I like, how can oh, i steer no, this i'm in a fortune telling or not fortune telling <laughs> but a fortune culture and i really tried to steer us and start asking questions about their family and it was just very interesting it really is but you know we came from east tennessee that's where our fam our mom our and dad are, are yeah. from and where predominantly all of their family uh, history is from there and then ancestrally we would be from England Scotland and Ireland yeah and I've personally never visited those countries but you have Lainey and you said you felt right at home when you visited there because you saw so many similarities there to East Tennessee I did it was you know especially the language some of the things I was hearing I reckon I heard that a lot yeah. and I was like oh my gosh I thought that was like a hillbilly thing even hillbilly even hillbilly <laughs> like yes. there were so many things that i was like oh my gosh this is my roots yeah yeah so just yeah thinking about where you come from who'd you come from the the people the places and even landscapes of a place they can begin to change over time yeah I put landscapes in there because I was like, man, we're watching the landscape change all around us. There's cranes all over Nashville. Yeah. There's, you know, land being flattened to build. Yeah. And, but you do have, I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. But I was thinking of, I actually bought a postcard in Scotland that I framed and have hanging here. That mm-hmm. reminded me of East Tennessee because of the rolling hills and mountainous. Uh-huh. Not like swiss alp kind of mountains right but like the mountains we have and yes. i thought no wonder those people felt at home in north carolina in east tennessee it yes. looks like that yes no wonder they make whiskey here that's what they did there yes. like all those kinds of things yes. where it's like well they just came and did what they knew yeah in a place that looked similar exactly yes so the question on the table you know with with things always changing around us the people the places the landscape how do we preserve the stories of what was the roots of our people that are so important we've talked even on here before that you know 
you were born into a place or a region and into a precise family for a very unique reason. Yeah. And so embrace that. Like if you don't know it, maybe that's a searching out for mm-hmm. you. Um, but from our perspective, this is this is home to us. And so preserving this sorts of culture is really, really important. You're smiling because I don't, I don't know what you're, what you're wanting to say now. I'm just smiling because I think I have so many things running through my head. One, sometimes you can feel like, was I born in the right family? I feel so different than so many of the people in my mm-hmm. family or something. But if you really, you know, step back and God will show you yeah, the why. That's true. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. And the parts to cherish yeah. from your family and the things that you can thank him that he's brought you out of. Yes. Does that make sense? It does. And I kind of got, would be willing to bet that most of us point to like the reasons why we shouldn't have been born in this time or in this family or in this place. Yeah. It's easier to see the why we shouldn't have versus the why we should that is so, so true because I've been guilty of sometimes, and I'm the reason I'm saying guilty is I've felt conviction one time of always saying, "Oh, I should have been born in Jane Austen times. I should have been born mm-hmm. in the 1920s. I should yes. have, you know, like I've made those statements probably more than most people have. But there was a reason yes. that I was born for now. Yes, I certainly couldn't have a pot had a podcast in those times, <laughs> no, could I? No. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, very. Yeah. So I think that my statement, my statements like that came out of oh, because I liked when there were formal dances and right. men and women danced more. So or I easy thought to it was glamorize it all. Exactly. Yeah. Also, you know. depression. The depression. <laughs> the Great Depression. It's very easy to forget that part. I know. I think about you know we all watched Downton Abbey and wanted to live then, but that's assuming you're upstairs, not downstairs. <laughs> exactly. All of the, those kinds of things, like exactly. you know. We all want to dress like Mary, not right. like the yes. yeah. ones in the kitchen. Yeah. Well, so I'm I'm going to kind of toss it to you because I'm curious as to how you, what your thought was in just answering this question, how do we preserve our Southern culture and our Southern history? Well, the it's, parts that we do feel that like we need to keep be going, shared. Because right. of course there's things that we are glad are put to rest. Right. Um. Well, I think... It's interesting because to me, it is so deep. The mm-hmm. question is so deep, mm-hmm. but yet the answer is actually kind of simple. Mm-hmm. And I want to correct something I just said. I don't mean we just want to preserve the good parts because we want to, like, we don't want to rewrite history. No, 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 in, no. That's in, not in what terms I of preservation. I, I feel like felt like I said yeah. that in a well, way that it might have been We see some of that spun. happening too, and that's not what we mean. Yeah. Um. We're just talking about how do we preserve the stories? How do we continue telling of the traditions? And how, what's the remembrance? So you just right? said it. Actually, oh. those are the words. Okay, okay. To me, I think of remembering, storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I actually, in thinking through some of this, I mm-hmm. actually had a sweet time um, of just jotting th- some things down that were coming in my mind in prayer. Wow, cool. Because really... This is very much what God does with, you look at the Israelites, that's what I kind of mentioned to Donald Davis of like, oh, 
as you're saying this, like you're a former minister. Don't you see this in the word of God? Like, right. Where he's always having them remember things. Yeah. The Passover meal is a good example of Absolutely. that. Remembering Remember the story. When, you, we, when I brought you out of Egypt. Yes. He was always having them do like these Ebenezer stones of mm-hmm. like when ha- something happened and you put this stone. Mm-hmm. So you'll always remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, even communion. That's a big one. You know? Yeah. There's a reason he wants us to continue to take it on a regular basis. Because yeah. we need to remember what, what right. that was. Yeah. And is. Yeah. And those sorts of tangible things like the bread and the cup are, they're they're visual so that the younger generation coming up behind us, even if they're not understanding the vernacular of it or the the weight of it, but they see the people around them partaking of that. And so, yeah. Even that, I think, is a beautiful thing when we repeat things that our elders did. Yeah. Whether that, and we'll get into some practicals of that. But I just, yeah, as I was thinking through that, I was also thinking about how repetition, I wrote this down, and this is must be Holy Spirit because I'm not this smart. Repetition makes recall easier. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes when you're mm-hmm. forgetting who you are, forgetting mm-hmm. you're in a shaky ground moment mm-hmm. of whatever. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. If it's really in in you, mm-hmm. like from repetition, you can recall it even when you don't feel it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. And so I think about how repetition is so important because you can rattle it off in yeah. a moment when you're not clearly knowing I, who yes. you are. And I think I've heard <laughs> I've heard it said another way in kind of more of a psychology sort of term of like I don't remember. There's probably even some other steps into it, but kind of like thoughts. Lead read to, to actions actions lead to habits like it, there's there's yes. sort of these steps yes. of how you get to good character yeah or, or bad character or bad character yeah. right yeah. and it didn't just happen overnight exactly it was thought after thought yes. after action after, yes right so that repetition yeah i understand and that. then i was also thinking of um just the importance of being firm in what you know mm-hmm. of who you are mm-hmm not that you're not open to other people's way of doing things. I don't mean that, like that you're like, oh, our food is the best or right. our music is better than yours. I don't mean that. But you're just like, no, this is who I am. Yes. Because, and it got me thinking of how trees that have deep roots, yeah, they can't be swayed very easily. Mm. If the roots are not very deep, you know, they're easily to top o- topple mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. but when roots are deep mm-hmm. it's really steady and strong wind yes and that got me I'm not going to go into all this but I started looking up scriptures that and I wrote down six different scriptures that I found about that wow it's pretty awesome well I can put it in our show notes if anyone wants to look that up um anyway and and also I was thinking of um how a, another bible reference but in Deuteronomy 6 and 11, God's talking a lot about um, telling your children, like mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. you know, in your coming mm-hmm. and your going and yep. just telling your children about him and about who they are. That stuff's very important. Yep. And so it's the same from the spiritual as in the natural. Right. Of here's who your ancestors are. Yeah. Here's why we... Yeah 
do this. Here's yeah. the music that we, you know, listen yeah. to every yes. Christmas. Yes. That kind of thing really gets in you. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start by just saying that, I mean, not that we haven't started, but because we're on people, I think you can ask anyone that has lost great grandparents and grandparents early on in life, didn't have them at all, um, maybe even up into um, mother and father parental roles, um, if they feel any sort of like a, a, a lack of knowing who they are just from those roles being absent in their life, I think you're going to hear a resounding. Yeah. Like I kind of wish I would have had mm-hmm. more time with this grandma or mm-hmm. I've heard about this uncle, but I never got to meet him or I have so a lot of that people yeah. in our own nuclear families uh, carry so much weight mm-hmm. in terms of the, I guess I'll just call it oral traditions. Yeah. You know, that sounds so formal, but because it could be a story that, you know, shouldn't be published. It's not like a great story, but it's just something that, I don't know, that we stuck all, out to yes. you for some reason yes. that somebody in your family mentioned, and maybe you've heard it more than once, and maybe every time it gets told, it's a little different, or yeah. you're not even sure if it's true anymore. Um, but those sorts of oral traditions are hugely important um, in terms of preserving culture. So I would say, I don't know how to categorize it other than the people and the storytelling of oral traditions. Well, yeah. And one of the things I jotted down here was, um, to your point, is in the how do we do this, Mm -hmm. I just wrote down media. Yes. Because media in general, you can... jokingly wrote down you could start a podcast because that's what we did well I could write a book yes my my whole list is pretty much media honestly um I just feel like it carries such weight yeah so it can outlive you (laughs) yes right media can outlive you so I think about what Foxfire is doing, where they're they're sending out, they're sending out young people to interview elderly people in Appalachia to keep their stories alive, to keep their traditions alive, to keep their recipes alive, to keep their way of whatever, whittling sticks alive. Remedies for mosquito bites (laughs) or, you know, a head cough. Because those people have died and will be dying. Right. So let's keep all their knowledge alive yeah we did do a whole episode on foxfire so i'll link to that in our show notes so you can go back and listen to that if you missed it but i do want to just mention real quick if you're like what is foxfire so in 1966 a struggling english teacher to school in northeast georgia he asked his students what would make school more interesting and they decided to create a magazine featuring stories gathered from their families and neighbors about the pioneer era of Southern Appalachia, as well as traditions still thriving in the region. The students called it Foxfire after the -the glow-in-the-dark fungus found (laughs) in the local hills. This spark of an idea turned into a phenomenon of education and living history, exploring how our past contributes to who we are and what we can become, how the past illuminates our present and inspires imagination so yes we love organizations foxfire is an incredible example of it yeah um that promotes students to go interview someone to get to know who who they are and where they came from and that's exactly right yeah so um education 
is huge. Um, I might go ahead and name just a couple of other sort of educational mm-hmm. groups that are pr- doing good in pr- the work of preservation. Um, there's a group that is part of the Institute of the Center for the Study of Southern Culture at the University of Mississippi. Okay. They're the Southern Foodways Alliance. Um, they also have a podcast. They host events. They create films. That's right. Um, they even teach you how to, um, you know, go do research yourself. I mean, they're very thorough in the ways that they're trying to carry on and preserve culture. Um, I mean, there's a bunch out there that are tied to college campuses, community yeah. centers, libraries. Yes. Of just vested citizens. Um, I'm sure there's probably many. So grateful for all of those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So I would say. I can think about, you know, just seed uh, exchange groups that are Mm -hmm. keeping heirloom seeds going, Mm -hmm. you know, because that stuff will die away otherwise. Yeah. So all of those kinds of things. Yeah. Well, we said our podcast at the front end of this is, you know, this is our effort to participate in this work as well i want to mention another podcast that we have been a fan of and really enjoy yes yes vanishing postcards is please go ahead and just jot that down or we'll link to it in our show notes but you know it's been said that if you want to get your finger on the pulse of a nation just take a cruise down main america's main street and one of our favorite podcasts vanishing postcards is inviting you to do just that this season. The host is Evan Stern. He motored cross country on Route 66 and he encountered everything from (laughs) an eating contest in the Texas Panhandle to a morning on the Santa Monica Pier. Vanishing Postcards is, I would call it like an immersive experience. He's so great. The way he tells stories, the way he interviews, the way he brings sounds into the experience. Because you it's feel like just you're audio. with him. <laughs> you absolutely feel like you are on the trip with him. And so he's funny, he's touching. It's just an incredibly unique experience. Yeah. He's a Texas native and I love Texans. Yeah. Yeah. I know. (laughs) Check out Vanishing Postcards wherever you get podcasts and tell Evan we said hi. Yes. Okay. I have a local that I want to mention. Tell us. So I'm sure that there are these kinds of wonderful people all over the Southeast and the South, but on any given Sunday, weather permitting in downtown Franklin, you might come across a free show on the public square. Oh, yeah. And it is a clogging dance group that has been going for, I believe, like 40 years. Okay. 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 By Tommy Jackson. Mm-hmm. Now, Tommy Jackson is, um, he is a native here. He I think his story is hilarious on how he got into clogging. Okay. Because it's clogging and buck dancing. Yes. Which is certainly a part of our culture. (laughs) Yes. And that kind of stuff, you got to have people to carry on the tradition. That's not happening in the nightclubs anymore. So somebody's got to keep this going. And Tommy got into dance. This is so funny to me because there was a girl he was interested in in a young age. Oh. And his parents said, well, she only dates dancers. Oh. <laughs> so, 
So guess what he learned how to do? Oh my goodness, I did not know that. I think that's so cute. Anyway, so he he's all about preservation of this dance. It's he's in his words, it's a dying art form. So he longs to see this carry on. Uh-huh. His lessons are free. Um and they costume them with yep. just donation money. Yeah. And, and I just think it's such a beautiful thing. They've performed in dance competitions all over. They've performed like at festivals. Yes. They've yes. even gotten to, I mean, the goal of all goals, the Grand Ole Opry. Wow. So his group is called the Rocky Top Review. Yeah. And um, yeah, he's I can't quite believe- renowned in that community. He's... Um, accepted an award in Spartanburg, South Carolina, the World Championship um, competition. Wow. And he's in, I believe, an Alabama Hall of Fame or something. Wow. I mean, he's, he's really made a name for himself. But the fact that he does that right here on our little square every Sunday is just a beautiful example of what we're talking about. I can't believe I didn't think about dance. So this is why this is so good to not collectively or not to, to talk work before together. We get together I didn't have dance on my list okay. and that is such a good isn't that a form yeah. I did have music yes so we saw huge pieces of history um this summer even we saw this well displayed at the National Museum of African American Music here in Nashville which is a fairly fairly new museum within the last year we heard it when we interviewed Dr. Paul Kwame of oh, the Fisk yes. Jubilee Singers. We met with a Gullah woman in Charleston, South Carolina this summer. Yeah. And she share, she and a group of others that she performs with share songs to tell the stories, um, instruments to tell of the times that they came from, the people that they came from. Um, in Fort Worth, we met a gal who is a part of a group called the Cowtown Opry. Yep. And they are committed to preserving, promoting, and performing Western heritage and Western swing music and cowboy culture. So also free Sunday shows yeah. where they're out there mentoring young people. Same thing. Yeah. So there's all these pockets. I mean, uh, there's... There's yeah. droves of them out there, but thank goodness they're oh, out no. there. Oh, it makes me so happy. Because they're using music as the the art form to to communicate and, and preserve and share those stories. Um, I mean, I think an obvious one is books. You mentioned that earlier, yeah. but we need to make sure libraries and archives stay around. That's those, right. I mean, I, I didn't appreciate those libraries or archives as a child but now I I regularly go to the library yeah sometimes with my son to the children's section but sometimes for this podcast and making um, sure that stays free yeah you know is really important yeah historical landmarks and tours those are that's a very important to storytelling and making sure that people and places continue to be recognized um, well, you mentioned Southern Foodways Alliance. Mm-hmm. I think even in keeping with, um, you know, bring that on down home to your own family, like cooking with your grandma or mm-hmm. the elderly people in your family, learning how they make those things. They may not have those recipes written down. <laughs> they likely yes. don't. Yeah. So just making sure you're you're going to glean so much from time with them Mm -hmm. and just even keeping those things going so that when you you know 20 years from now at Christmas and you're wanting 
grandma's mm-hmm. gingerbread recipe mm-hmm. that you know how to make it. Exactly. I'm so glad you mentioned food because that kind of points back to our Southern Cookbooks episode just a few weeks back. Because yeah. a lot of that discussion revolved around traditions and history. And well, I'll tell you something. It's more funny. than just how something turns out. You know, That's it's right. The, that the recipe is just right and tastes good. There's nostalgia that is packed Part in there. Part of that. Yeah. You know, the woman that I mentioned um, that I said I was really thought her cookbook looked like it would stand the test of time. The Gullah Geechee. Um, yes. Emily. Emily Meggett. Yes. I think is her name. Yes. She, matriarch of Edisto Island. Yes. She had to have help on writing those recipes out because she did things like a handful of this. And like she just knows how to make it. Wow. So to do the cookbook, she had to actually like measure have things. measurements. Yeah, to know how to tell somebody else. And that's what I'm talking about. Which like, how classic is that, right? I think a lot of us have had that experience if you like cooking or have been have trying ever to been learn. in one with somebody that's You'll just know. Yeah. Just eyeball it. Just add a little. Yeah. How just, much is a little? Just check on it every once in a while. What am I looking for? <laughs> like just tell me. Yeah. That's real. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. So funny. That's very cool. Well, I think about even other um, mediums of art, mm-hmm. quilting. Oh, good one. Sweetwater basket. Yes. You know? Yes. The, the, the handmade goods. That stuff. I mean, a especially lot of the young... ones that take a long time. Right. Where the stories and the tradi- traditions oftentimes are being shared while making it. That's right. That's right. You know, that was what was so beautiful about those quilting groups and stuff. Mm-hmm. They solved all the world's problems while they made those That's quilts. That's right. That's right. They were encouraging each other. And yeah, they I were a community it. for one another. And, you know, it's interesting in our culture now, not meaning Southern culture, just meaning um, the times we live in. Mm-hmm. Things are so fast. Mm-hmm. So teenagers don't want to sit down and learn how to quilt or make a sweet water basket. No. They want to. No. They something wanna... that's going to be done in five minutes. Yes. Yeah. Order on Amazon. It'll be here tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, so this is yet another reason we have to just um, make it happen. Yeah. It's not going to just happen. Yeah. It's, every single thing we've mentioned takes intentionality. Oh, Yeah. I've mentioned a lot of times on here, but I mean, it, it bears repeating the power of films as well. Oh, Fe- man. Feature films or even just in the, the sort of the world we live in now, um, just any sort of even streaming. How many people got a new picture of Elvis in his life and specifically his manager, Colonel Tom Parker from the yeah. Elvis movie yeah. this year? I know I did. Yeah. I had no idea some of the stories that unfolded from that and some of some of them broke my heart i know you think well you know the glamorous life it didn't look too glamorous after that no but it stuck with me i have so many visuals now of what was portrayed in that there's another feature film coming out later this year on the faith that johnny cash experienced in his life and i guarantee there'll be new facets of johnny cash that That we we will learn about from and we that's that's yeah, something films of in- are powerful yeah so you know people do a lot of work with interviews of family and friends to put together those sorts of films I mean they don't just happen like you were saying yeah. a lot of intentionality and you know I mean of course you can be like well how much was it fact-checked or 
what what sort of liberties <laughs> were given right to the creative um, sort of nature of it. But we do what we do know is that film is powerful, and it's definitely a way to preserve culture and and tell of historical people and events and places. So that's right. That's a big one. I would even say festivals. Oh, good you one. Know, that's another way of keeping traditions alive. Yes. Understanding more about your culture, meeting people that are yeah. similar. They're, and that can go in any direction. That could be music. That could be foodways. That could mm-hmm. be art. I mean, there's a jazz, you know, there's jazz festivals in mm-hmm. New Orleans mm-hmm. to keep all of that going. There's... The Sweetwater Festival, thinking about those baskets. Mm-hmm. There's cornbread festivals that are so true. I mean, look, so many different kinds of directions, but festivals are a place you can learn more about your people. Yeah. Or your culture. I love that. That's so perfect. And we mentioned the storytelling uh, festivals, festivals that, yeah. you know, they're all around. Yeah. The, the one we mentioned was in the one in Jonesboro. It, in October? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, festivals. That's festivals a awesome are a good one. one. And I even just think about traditions. I mean, your family may have some or may not, but you can start them if yeah. they don't. Yeah. Your culture may have some that you tap into. Right. Um, you know, I think about anytime there's gatherings for a purpose, be that weddings or funerals or birthdays, oftentimes mm-hmm. there will be... And, and it, um, something that you start to do year after year. Yes. Right. Um, repetition. We, that's that repetition yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think about a family we know that they always, for birthdays, they make the person's favorite meal mm-hmm. and they have a time of blessing where mm-hmm. everybody's just praying for that person and mm-hmm. speaking life into them. Mm-hmm. And here in the South, weddings often have a lot of traditions, be that sp- special family ones or, mm-hmm cake pulls at the oh my gosh we did a whole episode on that too southern weddings and all the traditions and yeah burying the bourbon bottle to help (laughs) hope for the good weather i mean there's all kinds of things that it seems silly in the moment but that it's just something that continues Mm -hmm. to keep going Mm -hmm. and there's something special in that and the thing i love about all of this that we're describing is if you love any of this that you're hearing and you just didn't know that this was a part of the culture here jump in jump in the if water you don't is like just it, fine that's right if you don't like it come up with your right. own you don't have to be from here to <laughs> you know preserve the, right. the stories if you enjoy this just come on alongside us that's right. and start it in your family or start it in your friend group and or, it's never too late to start right. a new tradition i mean we have some that we've done for Two years and some we've done for 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, the, the important part is, like you're saying, these all factor in to helping stories carry on. And and people to know who they are. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, that was the completion of my list. Did you have Yeah, the only thing else? I was trying to remember, what was that? Um, I just, because I thought it was a good mention, it didn't go that great when I got it for our dad. But do you remember that thing where he would get the emails to answer questions? Yeah, what was that was group called? Story something. Yeah. I'll, we can look we it can up. We can put it in the show notes. It prompts you in a weekly email, I Weekly think. email with questions for them to answer. And I thought it was such a beautiful experience to keep stories going. Yes. Um, my dad did 
so-so on the participation of this, but um, I think it's just a way, just a one mm-hmm. avenue. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. some people like to grab stories on video, mm-hmm. cameras, or now everybody has that on their phones. But well, but yeah, just keeping things alive. It's helpful with the the prodding because you know sometimes great stories come and it's just because the question was asked. It wasn't and you that wouldn't have even known to ask that question. Yes, and it wasn't that that person was withholding the information. They just hadn't thought about it. Yeah. They didn't know it was you know you interesting to you or yeah so and you can find out things that you never would have found out about that loved one because mm-hmm. they ask some really good they questions. do yeah so we'll link to that in the show notes okay keep on keeping on keep on Pl- remembering and retelling plug in share this podcast <laughs> with your friends to help the stories continue peace be with you Lara Beth thank you and also with y'all 